0: Good evening, Dharma friends. Can you hear me? So tonight, but you can hear that too, can't you? Tonight, I would like us to um, consider the cultivation part of what we're doing here. One way to think about our ceremony, our sacred space that we're creating here and maintaining, is that we're engaging in both purification and cultivation. And we've talked a fair amount about the purification of the hindrances and strengthening the path factors of right effort and last night we heard a beautiful talk both on some cultivation actually the cultivation of equanimity and its relationship to Kama and tonight I would like to continue our investigation of cultivation And I want to specifically talk about one of the ten paramis, and that is the parami of patience, Kanti. And I invite you just to let what uh, I say, to let my words land on your intuitive awareness. Uh, So, not necessarily trying to even grasp all the words. I know you were all and all of you are full of words. Words, words, words. So you can take some notes if you'd like, but you can also just let it land on your intuitive awareness and let maga, let the path, the, the power, the force of the path do what it will with these words. So Patience Kanti, it is one of the ten paramis in our um, Western Theravada tradition. I think the Mahayanas, our Buddhist relatives and Zen relatives have six paramis or six qualities that we are trying to cultivate in our ceremony here. And, um, you know, when, when you do have flashes of insight and flashes of awakening, when you ask, what was the cause of that? Most often people will say, your are paramis. So they're really important. They're the conditioning, the conditions for awakening. And just briefly... Um, Just let this land, intuitively. Those paramis are generosity, dana, and I think our beloved teacher Jaya is gonna talk about that tomorrow. We have virtue, morality, sila, renunciation, wisdom, Energy, patience, truthfulness, determination, loving-kindness, and equanimity. So tonight, I want to talk about patience. Patience. So what is the what is patience? So let's talk about what the uh, is the opposite of patience to see if any of these conditions if you know anything about any of these conditions. What is the opposite of patience? Agitation. Arousal. reactivity, frustration, resistance, fear, lethargy, indifference, idleness, laziness, compulsive behavior. So, if you have experienced any of those during this last month, then it's probably a very good idea to cultivate to um, cultivate patience. They say that patience is the greatest of all virtues. It, they say that if you have patience. It is the foundation for creating all of the other nine paramis. You know, with patience, it can really carry you through. And in our tradition, how brilliant, you know, the Buddha and all of our tradition is, there's three major dimensions to patience, to Kanti. One is patient perseverance. One is patient endurance of hardship, and one is patient acceptance of the truth. So let's think about each of those. First, patient perseverance. This refers to being steadfast, unflappable. And actually, I thought it was interesting, one of the Uh, terms, the defining terms of it was plasticity, plasticity, and we know that that's actually also a very wholesome mental factor, so maybe, you know, that's how they talk about it in the Abhidhamma, it's one of the 52 mental factors, it actually makes your mind very pliable, when you have patient perseverance, pliability, So what might that look like when we're on long retreat, patient perseverance? So what does it look like, what does the opposite look like when things are not going well? We lack patience, we are impatient when we have certain reactivity to what's happening in the present moment. But it's really interesting because having... Impatience can show us things that actually can be very helpful if we approach it with some, some um, kindness and some compassion. And it can show us what our hidden views are. Because often what this looks like when we lack patience in intensive practice like this It's that what's happening in the moment is not meeting our expectations. I thought this retreat was going to be like this. And you'll have it in one moment, right? It could be a half an hour later, you're calm and happy. But I'm sure that, you know, we all have had moments. As the sage on the stage, I've had these moments. I thought it was going to be like this. And it can show us what our views are, right? We have a perception of what's happening in the moment. Um, We'll have thoughts about it, measuring thoughts, better than, worse than. And that can really show us the standard or the view that we have that we don't even know that we have. It can show us hidden views. And they're usually about what our expectations are for intensive practice. And what progress looks like. What do we think progress looks like in our path? What does it look like? It looks like hygienic states of bliss, probably. Deep concentration. Deep insights into the three characteristics at every moment. Walking around with nobody there, right? Walking around in anatta. Anatta. I know none of you think that that's what you, what, we, what you thought would happen, but maybe that's, you know, what some of our actually even hidden expectations could be. I mean, this is where we really come, come up against those views that we often don't even know are there. You know, one expectation that we might have that we don't realize we have is that we expect... Uh, our practice to develop very linearly, right? Hey, I was in uh, Kanaka Samadhi today, tomorrow, first and second jhana. (laughs) By the end of the week, I'm in uh, formless jhana. Pop into equanimity and then I'm there. Did you ever have a thought that it was going to be linear? Did you ever get frustrated because it's not a linear process? That's showing us our views, and that's a lack of patient perseverance. That frustration points to one wonderful parami that maybe isn't present just in that moment, just in that one moment. Another assumption that we might have that is, uh, shows us how much perseverance we have is that we get frustrated that we can't sustain states at will. Somehow, you know, our ego our ego um, desires thinks that uh, they should be able to run the show. Like, hey, I'm doing the practice like it says in the book. <laughs> I'm sure I'm doing it the way they say. Why is it not unfolding that way? We should have increasing concentration and peace. But instead we're succumbing to doubt about the self and the practice. Just deep doubt, like, does this really work? Am I doing it right? You know, after... I, I leave here, I'm going up to the forest refuge for a month and I know I've already got, am I doing it right? It's already there. (laughs) Am I doing it right? So we succumb to doubt about self and the practice. Are we doing this right? Does this practice work? So those are some of the um, indications in our practice when we're struggling. We're struggling by not accepting what's right here, right now, that we maybe need to think about where patience is in the mix, to look around to see where our patience is. So here's a good saying about patience, and I bet you some of you might know who said it. If you're going through hell, keep going. Winston Churchill said that. When he was a Buddha. (laughs) Here's a wonderful slogan. I love slogans at practice. Here's a good one. Paralyze resistance with persistence. Paralyze resistance with persistence. Here's another. Great things are done by a series of small things brought together. you know who said that? Vincent van Gogh. So that's persistence when things aren't going the way that we expect them to go. Or that's lack of perseverance, lack of perseverance. But we can lack patient perseverance too when things are actually going really well. When things are going really well, we can kind of settle back and become complacent. We can come become complacent when things, you know, when you know we're measuring in the other direction that things are going really well. Wow, I am such a great meditator. I'm looking around; everybody is, else is wiggling on their seat, and I'm just sitting here. You know, we get complacent, maybe smug and un, uncritically satisfied with what's going on in the moment and we can think about um, you know have mana arise about maybe our meditative achievements and that can also make one you know uh, perseverance uh, wane a little bit I think what often happens then is particularly when things are very pleasant and very blissful we can sink into the experience and, you know, not try to maintain or gauge our mindfulness to know what is happening in the moment to not necessarily uh, sink or slink into that bliss but just to stay alert you know pleasant vedana is like this concentration is like this just to stay alert. So perseverance. You know, some of the questions that might arise for us is, or ways that we can brighten our mind and to just uh, take uh, an assessment of perseverance are things like, can we maintain attention to breath through birth, life, and passing away. In these moments, can we be free from negativity? And just the reflection, and patient comes and go by itself, just like the breath. It comes and goes by itself. So in many of the uh, suttas on patience, There is uh, one of the main themes is a dogmatic adherence to views, you know, and we can see that impatience comes from things not going the way that we really think that they should go, and that's a very um, a very fruitful place for us to direct our attention. What do we think should be happening right now, and why are we struggling? If we're struggling, we're thinking something else should be happening. And to just even investigate, you know, what is my view about good practice or a good self or good teachers or a good lunch or, you know, those are wonderful things just to hold with our mindfulness and that's all we need to do, just get a mindfulness frame around it and see it and realize that it's the source of suffering for us that's all we need to do just to see it with some clarity and wisdom, wisdom does the job so that's the first kind of, the first dimension of patience patient perseverance the second type of patience, the second dimension of patience is patience under insult Or calm endurance of hardship. So this is when maybe we start attacking ourselves. I think that's probably here on retreat. The easiest way we will see um, endurance of hardship or insults. It's probably insult from ourselves. Or maybe we imagine that some other yogi has a, a Vipassana vendetta against us. Or maybe we have a story that our teachers don't like us or that some other insult is happening. You know, I've seen it in this heart-mind, all of those. So I know it's possible. And um, patience or lack of patience under insult is manifest as anger, just reactivity, anger in the moment when some little... Breach to our what we think is our dignity or our space or something that we want on the retreat we could just get so angry and aggressive you know, having to hold ourselves back or even despairing and what does that look like you know, when we're in intensive practice we know that uh, strong concentration magnifies things. So even the smallest little affront to you know, what we consider our space or our dignity or our identity or whatever can you know, really produce a lot of anger and re- reactivity. And then any uh, hindrances in the mind, whether strong or even weak. You know, as you know, uh, the more we practice, things are getting a lot more subtle. So even the hindrances in the mind are getting a lot more subtle. But when they're in the mind, uh, just as concentration magnifies our view, the hindrances distort our view. They distort our view even when they're very subtle. And, you know, that can be... We can see insult when there isn't any. So... We might think that trying to develop uh, you know that for here that's fine because we're probably blowing up a lot of our um, you know we're blowing up a lot of um, assaults or insults or hardships that we might have but out in the world we might think well maybe I don't want to be patient all the time. Maybe patience is a sign of weakness. Maybe that we have to really stand up for ourselves and stand up for what is right. You know, maybe anger is totally appropriate sometimes. We might have thoughts like that. But this type of wise patience, this patient endurance um, of hardship or patience under insult, actually isn't passive at all. So let me... um, read uh, just a small passage of the simile of the saw. Many of you probably know the simile of the saw. And this is really just the, the crux of it. Monks, even if bandits were to carve you up savagely, limb by limb, with a two-handed saw, he among you who let his heart get angered, even at that would not be doing my bidding. Even then you should train yourselves Our minds will be unaffected and we will say no evil words. We will remain sympathetic with a mind of goodwill and with no inner hate. We will keep pervading these people sympathetic with a mind of goodwill with an awareness imbued with goodwill and beginning with them we will keep pervading the all-encompassing world with an awareness imbued with goodwill. Abundant expansive, immeasurable, free from hostility, free from ill-will. That's how you should train yourself. So what was the Buddha talking about? (laughs) A two-handed saw, sawing up our limbs. You know, is it even possible? And is it even wise to react that way? I really was thinking when I was reading that, is that really wise? But then, I thought of somebody. Many of you probably know who I'm thinking of right now. Malala Yousafzai. Oh my gosh, I'm, I hope I can read this. Do you, not, you guys probably all know who Malala is, right? Mm-hmm. She was incredible. So this is part of her speech to the United Nations. Dear friends, on the 9th of October 2012, the Taliban shot me on the left side of my forehead. They shot my friends too. They thought that the bullets would silence us, but they failed. And then out of that silence came thousands of voices. The terrorists thought that they would change our aims and stop our our ambitions, but nothing changed in my life except this. Weakness, fear, and hopelessness died. Strength, power, and courage was born. I am the same Malala. My ambitions are the same. My hopes are the same. My dreams are the same. Dear brothers and sisters, I am not against anyone. Neither am I here to speak in terms of personal revenge against the Taliban or any other group. I am here to speak for the rights of education for every child. I want education for the sons and the daughters of the extremists, especially the Taliban. I do not even hate the Talib who shot me. Even if there was a gun in my hand and he stands in front of me, I would not shoot him. This is the compassion I have learnt from Mohammed, the prophet of mercy. Jesus Christ, and the Lord Buddha. This is the legacy of change that I have her- inherited from Martin Luther King, Nelson Mandela, and Mohammed al Janay. This is the philosophy of nonviolence that I have learned from Gandhi G, Baka Khan, and Mother Teresa. And this is the forgiveness that I have learned from my mother and father. This is what my soul is telling me. Be peaceful and love everyone. Wow, I think that is such a beautiful example of patient endurance under hardship. And she has become such an incredible symbol. We know for the entire world, right? I mean, her patience and her ability just to keep love in her heart and to... You know, realize that the way forward is through love and endurance. It's just amazing. So that's what we can aspire to. And when we're frustrated that, you know, when we're frustrated that things aren't going our way or we don't like the lunch or something... (laughs) One of my favorite sayings is, first world problem, (coughs) right? First world problem. We should be so lucky to have the problems that we have much of the time. The simile of the saw. Some other good um, little quotes about endurance of insult. If you are ever to be successful in your practice of patience and tolerance, which is a critical factor in counteracting negative emotions, it will be due to the combination of your own efforts and also the opportunity provided by your enemy. His Holiness the Dalai Lama. Forbearance includes a lot of forgiveness as well. This part of patience includes forgiveness. Should I do a trigger warning right now about forgiveness? Desmond Tutu, the Reverend Desmond Tutu and his daughter have a wonderful forgiveness training, you know, I think one of the most wonderful examples of forgiveness, particularly on a huge social level, has been what has happened in South Africa. You know, Nelson Mandela, they had to keep switching out his guards, right? Because they all fell in love with him. They had to switch out his guards. And, you know, I think someone talked about when they were, I don't know if it was a teacher. Actually, during a tarma talk, talked about that um, when they, when the government talked to him right before they were going to release release him from all, almost thirty years in prison. You know, they made him promise that he wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't uh, foment resentment and uh, plan to attack the government. And he said, "Are you kidding me? Look, you know that's what your." Uh, motivations and that's what your mind has wrought and look at the outcome of that you know we don't want any of that so um, Desmond Tutu has this wonderful forgiveness uh, forgiveness uh, teaching that how it goes is you've been wronged in some way and you take a time to take a pause with your with your insult or your uh, what has been done to you. And then actually you find a place to tell somebody about it. You know, hopefully you will tell the person who actually um, purposely or inadvertently committed this wrong or did the assault and you would sit down at a place where you could both hear each other and tell them about what happened. Just really express yourself. And then, you know, just get it out to get some clarity. And um, hopefully, you know, if things are going well and uh, the people or person that you're dealing with really understands and can feel that hurt and has wisdom in their heart in the moment, they will, you know, apologize and make plans for it not to happen again. You know, the um, assessment of any sincere apology is future behavior. If a, an apology is sincere, you know, we can watch as people untrain their minds to do uh, things that hurt others. But then also in um, Desmond Tutu's challenge, forgiveness challenge, there's absolutely a place also to forgive and decide not to renew or take up the relationship again. That's an absolutely acceptable to do and oftentimes might show respect and um, respect and reverence for our our own boundaries and our own abilities I've heard really great teachers say that um, the people with the best boundaries have the most compassion the people with the best boundaries have the most compassion so that's the second type of patience patience under hardship or under insult the first one was patient endurance patience under hardship and the third one the third one is so interesting the third form of patience or dimension of patience is acceptance of the truth wow wow And I know we have all sat in this. We're all sitting in this now. Acceptance of the truth, of the first and second noble truth. What do we do with that? It's a willingness to see deeply without resistance the truth of the first noble truth. Suffering is like this. Dukkha is like this. Dissatisfaction is like this. Sometimes, I'm sure, when we're practicing, you know, our 24 7 ceremony that we're doing here, sometimes we're just so reactive to it. This is just too much. I can't handle this. It uh, is a cause of frustration to arise or. Uh, anger and ingratitude and arrogance, like, I don't deserve this. Every other human, every other sentient being is subject to the first noble truth, but why me? Me too, am I part of of this sentient family? But opening to this truth, to the first noble truth, to the truth of suffering and dissatisfaction and the cause of it, the craving and the wanting and the pushing away, not wanting. You know, that provides a great opportunity for us. You know, that is what will condition us to let go of the things that never could be a real source of our well-being it's what produces um, dispassion in us and disenchantment for the things that will never be a real refuge for us so we want to develop this patience this patient acceptance of the truth opening to the first and second noble truths It allows us to um, go to the refuge of, you know, sometimes we have had a deep, uh, insightful uh, uh, look at what anattā looks like. You know, we'll just be walking, taking a step, and realize, wow, this is really happening all by itself. And, you know, sometimes when we are experiencing the truth of this first noble truth, we can even call that up as a refuge, as a reflection, yes. This is hard and it's empty. This is difficult and it's not personal. It allows us to put our insights to the test. One way to think about Opening or developing patient, the patient acceptance of the truth is that this path is a path of resistance, then acceptance, and then presence. Resistance, acceptance, presence. When we can surrender to the fact of the vicissitudes of life, all of the change praise and blame, fame and disrepute, pleasure and pain, if we can surrender to that, we have all the time in the world to be present. We can be present with it all. Conti, patience. It's kind of important. (laughs) And I think that we could explain a lot lot of what happens when we're struggling as lack of that, as lack of that. Struggling with institutions, with social injustice, with terrible oppression... By gender, race, ethnicity, age, what our bodies look like, what we were born into, just patience and remembering equanimity and kama. So how do we work towards patience? How do we build it up? That was the diagnosis and here is the prescription. How do we work towards developing more patience? The first thing is to be mindful of impatience. Mm. Wow, what an idea. Mm. (laughs) Actually, to apply our wonderful medicine, our medicine of mindfulness, our uh, four foundations of mindfulness, our framework of our ceremony together, the foundation of our ceremony together to know when we are being impatient and to maybe consider is this just, you know, I'm tired of persevering, I'm just tired out. You know, maybe lack of patience makes us just want to give it all up for a couple days or just not to practice or to do another, to do something else. Maybe I'm going to draw in my room Maybe I'm going to write that book that I really need to get done. I'm afraid I'm going to do that up at the Forest Refuge, so that's why I'm getting it out there. (laughs) No book. So we become mindful of impatience. (laughs) Somebody's writing poetry in their room, I could tell. No being mindful of impatience. And then actually uh, Sister Jaya here told one of the wonderful yogis a wonderful uh, remedy that I loved and I'm going to pass it on. So how do we just open up and be more compassionate and loving towards our impatient self? And I will apply it to myself, may impatient Bonnie be happy? May impatient Bonnie be peaceful, may impatient Bonnie be present, be courageous, may impatient Bonnie be patient, may patience arise, may patient endurance arise. And then along with this application of mindfulness, is to remind ourselves that we are here training the mind, that these are, not, um, these are not conditions that we have to live with, that this is exactly why we have decided to come here for six weeks or three months, to train the mind. And this is exactly, gives us a great opportunity to actually see our conditioning, our mental habit patterns, and for me, the way that um, I'm looking at it and looking at just the reactivity also in the past month is, you know, getting the biggest mindful, mindfulness frame around it as we can. And to realize that in patience, some of this giving up and this lack of... Um, endurance and this rejection of insult and the anger and the reactivity response to life to you know the truth of the first noble truth is a habit pattern in our mind and you know one way I will say it again to work with it is uh, for me there's always like three dimensions of these um unwholesome mental habit patterns there's three dimensions of them there's an energetic dimension that often will actually start creeping up on me even before I can feel it in my heart and mind. That is the emotional impact of it or the thought impact. So it'll be an energetic vibe that you can feel kind of like creeping up. And if I can catch it, you know, so what I do is, you know, I see that this is a habit pattern, I uh, open to it again and and again to see what the energetic field is, put a mindfulness frame around it as much as I can, and you know that it's unwholesome. You know that it is producing harm for, or the um, potential of harm for others and yourself, you know. And that's all we can do. We have no control over other people's minds or what they do. We only have... You know, some uh, ability to change what's going on in this heart mind right now. So we uh, see, we put a frame around that impatience, however it shows up for us. Uh, you know, we don't go for the story that might um, that it might trigger. We know it's rooted in old, probably family patterns, or for many of us, historical you know, multi-generational epigenetic expressions of oppression. Of course that's what it is. And we are uh, working here to decondition that. So, you know, we get a good frame around it. It feels like this energetically. This is how it feels emotionally. These are the thoughts that it kicks up. So then when it starts creaking up, it's like, Mara, I see you. That's what we try to do. Mara, touch the earth. <laughs> we have our tools. These are some incredible tools. Incredible tools. We become mindful of impatience. And we can have a sense of humor and curiosity. So I'll tell you what happened in the, um, in the staff dining room, the SDR, as we call it. All of the teachers were in there and saying, Bonnie, we have to train to be patient. Patience is a training. We have to train to be patient. And I said, train, train. I want to be patient now. <laughs> so humor is good. <laughs> I want to be patient now. (laughs) And then, of course, curiosity is always wonderful. And actually, one element of curiosity is to look for the constituent parts of things and let go if you think you know something. If you think you know what something is, it's always excellent to let it go and see if that's what's going to arise again. I'm going to tell you the most... Uh, enlightened people that I know personally and those that I have sat with are the ones that are always fresh in this moment. They don't come with a lot of views of what it's going to be like or how this person is or that person is or what I need out of the situation. They come with a very open, don't-know mind and are fresh in the moment. And that's what we're trying to cultivate. Cultivate. Letting go of views. Letting go of... uh, I mean, if we think we know what reality looks like, I don't think there's any even room for reality to to present itself to us. Right? So... um, I'll just close with this story about the importance of of patience. So the Buddha... um, Actually, this is a sutta called the Ovada Parimoka Sutta that actually Jaya told me about. I think this was one of the things that they would talk to the monastics about. That uh, at one occasion the Buddha started to give a, um, a talk to a crowd of monastics and it turned out for that particular talk it was so important and so impactful that 1,250 arhants showed up to hear that talk. 1,250 arhants said, oh my gosh, the Buddha is talking about Kanti. The Buddha is talking about the supreme austerity the one quality of mind and heart that will take us all the way to awakening, that took all of us to awakening, we are going to go and hear that talk. And, you know, the essence of what he said is, cease to do evil, cultivate that which is good, purify the heart. This is the way of the awakened ones. And he also offered, as a brief explanation, patient endurance is the ultimate aesthetic. Profound liberation is the supreme goal. A person on retreat should not oppress anyone and should cultivate patience. Let's sit for a minute.